Welcome to A Tad Bit Crunchy, a podcast about transforming your life using natural and holistic hacks. I'm Whitney Bean, wellness and life coach and mom of four. I'm curious and learning right alongside you. I believe we can achieve better health and balance and still be on time for soccer practice most of the time. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm super grateful that you're here and that you're listening. One of the best ways that you can support the show is to share it with friends and family. If there's an episode that stands out to you, or if you're like, hey, this girl Whitney's rad, you need to get to know her, go ahead and share the show. Um, You can share it on social media, um, or you can take a screenshot and send it to a friend. Um, I'm on Instagram at a tad bit crunchy. So if you share it, please tag me. I'd love to give you a shout out and some love. And also you can check us out on WhitneyBean.com to see what we're up to these days. So here we are today talking a little bit more about sensitivity. So last week we talked about being sensitive and I wanted to just follow that up with um, a few remarks about organization and about how creating some organization and thought patterns has helped that sensitive person to be more confident and to show up more fully. So in the line of work that I do, I get to use that sensitivity all the time when I am having a conversation with someone and they are allowing me to be in their life, to see a slice of their life, man, that is a huge honor and just such a rush. It really is such a a wonderful experience. And I get to pick up on what they're saying verbally, but I also get to pick up on what they're saying with their body language and what they're not saying too, right? What's behind the scenes, what's going on there. And it's not um, my place to to jump on anything that's not being presented to me, but at the same time, asking specific questions and being able to dive into that next layer really comes down to having that sensitivity. And this is not something that is just me, right? (laughs) There There are so many different practitioners or so many different people who have the ability to ask the right questions to dive into that next layer, right? That have the ability to pick up on what's not being said in the room, but still knowing that it's really pertinent information. So these are things that so many different practitioners are able to do. Um, Even this last week, right? We went to an eye doctor for my daughter. It was an eye therapist. And I was fascinated by this process. I've never, I've never seen this before. Um, we went to an eye doctor first um, to see if there was a prescription that we need. And my daughter does not need a prescription, but she had a couple of symptoms that she's having that led us to believe that we should maybe look into it a little bit further. And so I said, well, if she doesn't need a prescription, what's the next step? What do we do? And so they referred us to an eye specialist, an eye therapist. And so within this eye therapy session, I was fascinated. I was just on the edge of my seat, so excited to learn. And, you know, he talked about when you go to an eye doctor and you're working on clarity, clarity might not be the issue. It might be something else. It might be another layer. It might be one of those other things that he checks for where um, they are the muscles behind the eyes, the, the connections between the eyes and the brain. 
And he talked about how sometimes you have to make those connections or strengthen those connections and fine tune them. And so he even talked about how athletes sometimes do this um, eye therapy in order to be quicker in response to a ball coming at them or being able to have better reflexes. And so I thought it was just fascinating. And also it makes me want to dive in and do the same um, evaluation for myself because I'm like, man, what, how could, how could my sight be better? How could I enhance that brain connection? in there. Um, and so the whole process was very interesting and there is a lot on the external, right? Looking for the clarity of the eye that we sometimes look for first, most of the time look for first, right? And, um, and then there are all these other things that we could do to enhance the eyesight and the connection with the neural pathways. And so I think of it similarly where, you know, we have kind of the surface level conversation, Um, but then we also have the ability to see that depth, right? Not just the clarity of the conversation, but we have the ability, um, to pick up on what else is going on within that conversation. And just like this, um, eye doctor, he asked really specific questions and he did really specific testing in order to get more information that was more pertinent to what he was looking for. And similarly, um, that's what practitioners do, right? They, you can think about therapists, counselors, so many different coaches, you know, just a whole variety of people who are looking for the next question and looking for the next layer and um, kind of uncovering the next layer through guided questions. So in order for that process to be similar, for me, I love to think of the organization that goes into each client session. Uh, When I first started seeing clients, there wasn't much organization behind the scenes because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I worked intuitively and asked the questions that I thought were pertinent and they were right. They were effective sessions and they went very well. And I'm uh, incredibly grateful for the people that I got to coach early on and that I get to, got to work with early on as I was still learning as well. But over time, the most um, helpful thing for me was to get organized with the route that I was taking a client in one given session. And so um, using kind of guided questions and using a system helped me to utilize that sensitivity and that intuition in a more effective way. And, you know, in order to get from one place to another with a client, it became clear to me that um, it wasn't just about what was going on on my side. I needed to help guide the person themselves. I needed to help them to have those Oh, there was aha moments to have those experiences where they might feel that emotion. They might cry. They might feel like they are getting places because the process was not just about what I could do on my side, but it was helping to guide the person in their own thoughts, in their own emotions, in their own body. So in order for it to get from me to them, from them to me, to have that communication, it came to organization and it came to communication and having a more common ground um, communication. So again, going back to my earlier sessions, I was using a vocabulary that was not always familiar with my clients. And that was based out of what I had studied from different courses or from different books. And I was using a vocabulary that might have (laughs) been... cryptic. (laughs) And so I laugh at myself now. Um, but those kind humans, those kind clients that, um, allowed me to work with them and would allow me to, um, describe what those, um, principles meant, what those tools meant and how to really utilize them for themselves. Whereas now it's more of a common middle ground communication and that vocabulary is a shared vocabulary. 
So what's my point with all this? Where am I going with all this? So the idea behind, um, you know, utilizing that sensitivity and utilizing what you're experiencing, um, think of what you're taking in as being perceptive, right? You have the, the perception, you have your five senses and you can see, you can um, smell, you can touch, taste, hear, but then we also have access to this sensory from other parts of us, right? We have the emotional body that can sense, we have the, the mind that can form thoughts and that can form um, some evaluation of what's going on. We have the physical body and we have that intuitive spiritual body. And so we have these other receptors that are so cool. And this whole body that we have is just amazing to me. Um, and overall, when we have the ability to take in information, um, if we want to translate that into something external or something internal, the best way that we can do that is to utilize some systems. So without trying to sound too cryptic again, <laughs> um, I'm just going to point out four different um, systems or four different tools that you can utilize to help to organize feeling things, feeling um, sensitive. And so the first one that I want to point out um, is uh, practicing to be in the present moment, practicing being in the present moment. And um, I'm going to talk about four different areas or four different ways you can do this. So when we practice being in the present moment, we have the most um, full picture of all the information. A lot of times our heads get stuck in the past or we're looking towards the future or we're thinking about what's going on next and we lose that connection to the present moment. And so if you are in any given situation and you're feeling that overwhelm, you're feeling that stress, you're feeling kind of that rush of information, first ask yourself if you are in the present moment, right? Am I, are these thoughts about the present moment? Are they pertinent to me in the present moment? And first just get centered. And there's four different ways that I'm going to talk about that you can do this. There are many other ways, right? Um, I think some of the things that we try to do to get more present, um, sometimes go back to negative things, honestly, like addiction. So maybe eating brings you into the present moment, or maybe social media feels like you're getting into the present moment. So beware of these things that feel like they're attaching you to the present moment that aren't necessarily. And I'm not saying that neither of those things could attach you to the present moment, but beware of those things that might, um, that you might turn to in order to come out of the present moment. Some other things might be things like streaming Netflix for hours on end or video games, or there's so many different things that we do that sometimes pull us out of the present moment, even though they feel like they are helping us to be more relaxed or more centered, right? But in all reality, sometimes they are pulling us away from those present moment feelings and sensations. So again, I'm not saying that none of these things can help you to be in the present moment, but just be aware of how you're feeling within them. And then when it's time to to turn off and say, okay, that's enough or that's good, or be choosy about what input you have. So even if you, you know, feel like, man, I just got to veg out to some Netflix, totally cool, but make sure that you're choosing a show or you're choosing to watch something that is helping you to feel in alignment with your values. So again, so practicing being in the present moment, these are four different things that we can do to practice. So number one is working with your five senses, with your natural ability to have those five senses. So, and you know, they might work to varying degrees on different people, but just to kind of give you the outline, we're going to dive into those five. So the first one being sight, I like to think of it um, working from the outside in. So the furthest thing that we can attach to, you know, we, we can see farther than we can 
in here, right? So I like to think of doing eyesight first because it's the farthest thing away from you. So what can you see? What's around you? Looking around you, seeing what colors, what shapes, uh, what types of things are going on. What's the weather like? These are all things that you can look at and see from a long distance away that help you to get more present. So the next one is going to be your hearing. What types of things can you hear and what types of things can you pick up on in that auditory sense? And then the next one's going to be the sense of smell. So what types of things can you smell when you take a deep breath in? Maybe you don't smell anything, but you can take in that air and you can connect to where you are, connect to, you know, can you smell the garden around you? Can you smell the soil? Can you smell food cooking? Can you smell, um, you know, maybe a natural cleaner that you just used? I love to mop <laughs> our floor. Not that I do it super frequently, but the smell of our natural cleaner, it's scented like almond and it is so good. And I love love to do it just honestly because it makes the house smell so good for a couple days so what can you smell around you and then the next one is what can you touch so even if it's your own you know knees or you know just your hands by your side or your fingertips on themselves what can you feel and then uh, what can you taste and so sometimes it might not be a, a, an actual taste but even just moving your tongue around in your mouth and kind of seeing what types of things are going on in your own mouth. So we're using those five senses to get present. And then once you have those five senses down, you can think about more internal. So last episode, we talked about the body communication umbrella, and that is something that can really help you to be in the present moment. So you're taking whatever you're experiencing right in this present moment, and you are separating it into four different areas. So if we envision an umbrella, um, you know, we have the, the top there, and then we're going to envision that it's split into four different areas and four different sections. And the, that's going to be our MEPS, M-E-P-S. So the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And with those four areas, we are us. We are who we are. And so you can first think about what types of things are ruminating or looming in my head right now. What types of thoughts are going on? What type of emotions am I feeling? What sensations do I have in my physical body? And then are there any gut reactions or impressions or intuitions that are going on within my spiritual body? So with those four questions, you are getting more centered and more aware of what's going on within your body right in that very moment. And then the next thing that you can do to be more present and to connect to the present moment is to define your values. So I like to think of defining values as creating a filter. There's so much going on around us, but by defining what your individual values are and maybe your family values or your home values, you get to filter out a heck of a lot of information and hold on to the information that is more relevant to you to, um, in order to present your own values. And so defining your values and taking that time and then continuing to come back to them and reevaluate them helps you to know what information in any given moment is more important than others. So for example, if there's a conversation going on about somebody buying a new car and I have no desire to buy a new car and it's really not on my radar right now, I might not have a ton of attention in that conversation, but then off to my side, if I hear somebody talking about um, their daughter having a food allergy, my attention might go to that conversation more quickly and I might even put myself in that conversation because I would like that information or because I have something to offer or because I have questions or because I'm curious 
curious, right? And so I have more, um, there's more of me that is interested in that conversation because an inner value of mine is making sure that we have healthy bodies and that we are respecting those healthy bodies and helping every individual to get the nutrition that they need, regardless of um, food allergies or anything like that. And so in that moment, that conversation might be more important to me than buying a new vehicle. At a different time, when I'm buying a new vehicle, that conversation might be more important to me. And so by knowing my values and knowing what is important to me in that moment, I can choose where my attention is going to go more easily. And then the last thing that you can do to be more present is to decrease your overall stress. I know this is hard. I know, guys. I totally know. But honestly, if we can take what's going on in our lives and be more choosy, and decrease the overall stress, you are doing such a service to your body, to your mind, to every part of you. (laughs) This week has been such a good example to me of a week that was overscheduled. And I can look at it and say, okay, this had too many items going on and I didn't have enough time and just in my house. I didn't have enough time to myself. I didn't have enough time to be able to do the self-care to the extent that I would like to. And so I'm not gonna get down on myself, right? I'm not gonna say, man, I really blew it this week, but I am gonna schedule my next week differently, right? And so decreasing stress sometimes also means being more choosy about the things that we're spending time on and saying no more often. And I know that that's not always the case. You can't always say no. And, uh, like looking at this week, I don't know that I could have said no to any of the things that went on, but it did help me to see that this next week, I'm going to need less of a schedule. I'm going to need some more time off to balance off this week. So one of the ways you can decrease stress is by simply doing less or scheduling less. And, you know, if you are a parent, that goes for the whole family, right? It doesn't mean that you are doing less, but your kids are involved in 40 different activities. It means that as a whole, if that's a family value to have less things going on, that you are scheduling less for the entire family. You can also decrease the stress on the body by getting more sleep or by drinking more water. So it's not necessarily the emotional stress that's going on, but your emotional body can definitely have an impact from things that you're doing with your physical body, right? And so if you are increasing your sleep and your quality of sleep and drinking more water, then you will increase your capacity to be present in your emotional body. Okay, so for these four items, so those five senses, the body communication umbrella, the finding your values, and then decreasing your stress, all these help with being more present. And as you are being more present and you are showing up in the present moment as yourself, you have the ability to organize those um, sensitivities or the information that's coming in. So as that information is coming in, if you're in the present moment, you have a filter, you have a better sense of what information is pertinent to you. When your thoughts are drifting off towards the future or drifting off towards the past and um, you're feeling things that are not in the present moment, then it's harder to know what information is meant for you in that moment. So going back briefly just to uh, my example of when I'm working with clients, if I have a more organized sense of you know being in the present moment, 
asking them about what's going on in their in their body communication at that present moment, asking them about their own values, and then helping them to decrease their stress, then I get to help them to hone in on that sensitivity to being more present and taking in more information. And I also get to practice that in the moment by doing the same thing. When I am present within a session, then I get to help them to have more of um, a full experience during that session because I am personally more sensitive. And again, like the sensitivity is something that has been with me for a heck of a long time for my whole life, but it is so much more of a strength and so much more, uh, it feels like more of a gift and less of a burden than it used to because it's used in a way that feels more organized. I feel differentiated from the people around me. And so I can utilize that sensitivity as something that is important. And so if you are one of those who is, you're working on that sensitivity, right? You're working on, man, I'm so sensitive. I'm having all these physical ailments because I'm so sensitive. Then just know that this is a system that works over time and that you can read retrain the brain, you can retrain the emotional body, you can retrain the physical body, and you can um, utilize the gifts that we're given in order to help things to be more balanced and more in more alignment while still utilizing that sensitivity. All right, that's it for today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, again, check me out at a tad bit crunchy on Instagram and see what's going on, see what we're up to. And um, go ahead and tag me if you share the show. I would love to give you some love and to give you a shout out. Have a great day. I'm so glad that you found a tad bit crunchy. You can show your love by leaving a review and sharing the show. Reviews help the podcast to be seen by more curious and intentional women just like you. And of course, sharing the podcast is how we can help more and more folks create a natural and holistic foundation for their health. If you share on social media, be sure to tag me at Whitney Bean Coaching so I can show some love. Thanks, guys.